0: will now be recorded. Good morning everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather for the first week of 2023. This is the weekly weather for January 1st through January 8th. Happy New Year. It's a new bright and shiny year. We have a lot to cover today. It's a busy week out there in the heavens, which means it's a busy week down here on Earth. And we'll be talking about what's ahead. So let's get rolling. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, I love this quote. I saw it on Facebook and I copied it. Uh, I thought it's a great way to start the year. I have no peace of fire. I have no expectations for the year ahead. Just let me live the way that I know best. Let me feel the earth on my feet and rejoice that I am still standing. Let me listen to the waves of the sea and find peace in knowing that the tides always return to wash over me. Let me dream about sunsets that are not promised and skies that are not always blue. Let me make love to conversations that bring me closer to knowing myself and closer to believing in something much bigger than the four square walls of my own chest. And let me rest, oh Lord, let me rest. Should I be so blessed to have this place where I can grow? Let me remember to give more than I receive, to listen more than I speak and to understand that everyone is searching for a little piece of fire. May I take part in building that? And it's by a poet named Yuli Kay. And I thought that was a great way to start the year. Um, we are officially in 2023. So one of the things that I do here at Anne Ortley's Astrology Service is I do new moon webinars. So these are the, this is the listing of the new moons. And the left is when the webinars are, and I've been very unorganized about it. You know, it's like the day before a new moon, I go, oh, my God, there's a new moon tomorrow. So I got organized. This is my new uh, Saturn in the first, and organized. So these are the days of the webinars. You can note them for your calendar ahead, and the days of the new moon. And obviously the, uh, the people on Blog Talk have to get the YouTube video to get it. All right, let's go forward into the year ahead. Now, one of the things that I do every year is I record a Setting Your Intentions for 2023, which is the year ahead webinar with me, and it is available for purchase on my website for $35, MP3, MP4, and a PDF of the presentation. When you buy it, you will get two hours and 121 slides. <laughs> yes, I am a Virgo, which includes an overview of the year ahead, which we are going to have changes of Jupiter into Taurus, Saturn into Pisces, Pluto into Aquarius, as well as the nodes of fate shifting into Aries Libra. And I'm putting this at the front end because it's an overview for the year ahead, they're going to be wild people. Uh, We also have all the planet ingresses in there, the planet stations and retrogrades, where you can note your calendar when things are going to happen. I also included a discussion of the Venus star point that's taking place in August in Leo. It also includes the charts of the new and the full moons, as well as a month-by-month analysis with pages of data that you can print out And then at the back end, you know, like finding where these things are happening in your own house, you know, in your own chart, wherever the aspects are happening. Again, it's available for purchase on my website for $35. I also have last year's up for free, 202.2, so you can check that one out and see if you like it before you buy 202.3. But what it really, the thing I find really helpful, and, and and what you're really getting is the thing that I prepare for myself every year. So I have a little white binder that I pull out. I print this out and then I put it in the binder pages. I have little plastic, um, those little plastic shields. I am a Virgo after all, uh, and it is a pretty used binder. So by the end of the year, it's a little ratty. Um, and I put in all the new moons, all the full moons, because the lunations are how we do predictive. I have a list of the the big dates in every month with what they are and when they happen. And then uh, talk about the, um, in, in the podcast, I talk about what the energy is going to be like and include special things like the Venus star point and stuff like that. So we're going to cover each of those. When we get to that, Jupiter and Taurus, Saturn and Pisces, Pluto and Aquarius, we're going to have an in-depth lecture on all of them available for you to get. But this is your overview, and I did a little bit on each of them. So it's two hours help yourself. I find it very valuable. It's what my cheat sheet is for the year. So I, I don't remember all, I mean, I remember a lot, but I don't remember all the stuff. So I can go, oh, when's that retro, oh, when's it go into it? So it's all that stuff. So uh, buy it. Uh, learn, learn astrology. Make that be one of your goals for 2023. Make that be the fire that you're in, intending towards. Uh, the great Athenian historian and general said, the secret to happiness is freedom. And the secret to freedom is courage. This is going to be the year of the rabbit. And now, if you think of rabbits, they're big in terms of hopping around, being frisky, go, 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 do a lot of stuff. Very communal, very social. And so I think we're going to have that kind of energy this year. It is a water rabbit year, uh, so water is flowing. And that happens on the new year, uh, the new moon in February. That's the Chinese New Year. And different astrologies work different ways, the Chinese is a lunar calendar, we in the West are a solar calendar, because the sun so affects us in terms of the growing seasons, um, other cultures like India is a lunar calendar, uh, because it's not about ego, it's about communal community, moon is community. Um, and east-west we go, Yeah, go conquer the world, you can do it. So every culture has astrology and it varies based on what the culture's vision, goals, purpose, understanding of why they're a collective is. So this year when we have these three major planets shifting, Pluto into Aquarius for 20 years, I mean he's only there for a few months, but then he's back in there for 20 years next January, Saturn into Pisces for the next two and a half years after having spent five years in um, uh, Saturn signs. You know, he's diving off the air of Aquarius the detached into the deep emotions of Pisces. That's going to be a fun one. And then Jupiter in an Earth sign uh, which is always about growing, growing things. And so Jupiter in Taurus, you know, loves to grow stuff. So we're going to be growing, we're going to be dissolving and merging and finding our higher vision and we're going to be starting a new 20-year chapter a lot of stuff going on so it's a big year we don't really get everything rolling until Mars starts going direct which is in a couple more weeks and Mercury goes direct which is in a couple more weeks uh, still out of bounds Mars is out of bounds until May 5th which is why everything's been so rock and rolling and a little out of crazy and you have to do everything twice including this podcast I started it and then it went now I'm like, all right, started it again. Just don't take it personally. Just do everything twice. Pallas Athena comes in bounds February 8th. She's our strategic visionary. She's rolling right now in Cancer. So she's very much about uh, emotionally what's important. And Lilith, which is uh, not wanting to be held subservient, comes in bounds in March, March 13th. We are currently working with a Mercury retrograde. And this is a glyph of the retrograde and how it works. And this is, you know, helps helps you understand it. I had a lovely woman write me an article and, you know, and used an explanation that I that she found helpful that I use. What happens? We know the planets don't actually go retrograde, but they. It's kind of like being on a highway where your car, you're both going 50 miles an hour, and you pull out to pass. And as you go up, it appears that car is stopped. You can look across and see everybody in it and then you pull ahead and that a car appears to go backwards, but it's not really, it's just an optical illusion. And then it catches up again and it stops again and then it appears to go fast. Because Mercury goes around the sun in 88 days, we can have three to four Mercury retrogrades in a year. We're in one now, it's a Capricorn Mercury retrograde and the retrogrades work in themes. So this year's theme is Earth Retrogrades. So we got a retrograde in Capricorn, a retrograde in Taurus, a retrograde in Virgo. And then in the fall, we start it, we enter the shadow in Sag, and then we retrograde in Capricorn, Sag. And then next year, the retrogrades are all in fire. Mercury retrogrades are all, and they rotate like this. You know, they go through the different elements. So this is an Earth Mercury retrograde, which means physically, you do RE words. Revise, revisit, redo, you can see in the back here, I've been revising the kitchen, I've been ordering, I've got some bins over there, I've been unpacking, so I'm doing a physical Mercury retrograde, hopefully to have it all, it's all done by every time everything goes direct, but it is a Capricorn, it's the physical structures that you're building and creating, uh, so the retrograde period is 8, December 8th, he entered his retrograde shadow, and he went retrograde on December 29th, and now he's retrograde, and he will be direct on January 18th. So this is when you hear from people you haven't heard from. I got a, I saw one of my students was down in Sarasota on Facebook, so I sent her a note. I said, hey, you know, I'm a couple blocks, a couple, an hour from you, and she goes, actually, we're going to Pasagril Beach on uh, Friday, and I'm like, Saturday. I'm like, oh, great, you drive right by my house. So you know, it's the connection with people, old and new. And she's not old, <laughs> but she is an older one of my older science that clients have known Aaron, I don't know, probably fifteen years at this point. It's been a while. Um, Mercury stations direct on January eighteenth and then full steam ahead. And Mercury leaves his shadow on February seventh, two oh two three. So we're working with the story and you probably know where it is in your chart. And Mercury, of course, is rolling in Capricorn. So up today, uh, Venus-Pluto conjunction um, on January 1st, down here, you can see, let me get my little pointer moving. Pointer options, there we go. All right, so right here you can see the Venus-Pluto conjunction, um, and so that's that's a biggie. Now remember, Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008, and he's going to leave Capricorn this year and go into Aquarius for 20 years. So we're going to have a series of planets coming to meet Pluto. Because they have been working with him in Capricorn since 2008, January of 2008. And Venus now is the first to say goodbye to him. So she's coming to him. And I like to think of the planets as people. You know, they have their little agendas. They have their reasons why they do things. And, you know, we get to watch them dance in the heavens and do stuff. And we go, wow, that's kind of of interesting. So we had the death of Barbara Walters, uh, who's definitely a Plutonian female. Um, You know, she was a glass ceiling breaker, started as a writer, uh, and then became Barbara Walters, and had, you know, when she went on the evening news, made a million dollars, first broadcaster to make a million, much less a woman, and sat next to Harry Reasoner, who hated her guts. I still remember watching that and going, oh, he's so mean to her. And, you know, and she was like, this guy's going to kill me. I mean, she smiled and laughed, but then she went off to become Barbara Walters that we all knew, which was, let me go get the interview. Let me go get the thing. And then as she got into her later years, she started The View, which has been running for 27 years, which was a bunch of women getting together and talking. One of the first reality TV shows, frankly, where was unscripted. It was just all hang out and converse, different ages, different uh, ethnicities, different points of view, so to speak. And So that Venus-Pluto aspect there, and for many of us, there's turning points in our relationships because of that Venus-Pluto, especially relationships that you began in 2008 when Pluto went into Capricorn. And it marked it heralds a shift in terms of how you do things. Now in my case, always good to reflect on your own stuff. Pluto went into Capricorn and at that point I was writing a column for another astrologer, uh Stephanie Ozaria, The Cosmic Path, and she fired me. <laughs> and it was a little I was a little nonplussed about it. Um, I just was developing a mailing list, and, and one of my friends said, she's going to be mad at you for that. I said, why would you be mad at me? Like, it's a mailing list. Like the, Well, she fired me. So I called my friend back, and, and she goes, I said, yeah, you know, she fired me. She goes, well, I told you she was going to fire you. I said, I know, but I didn't believe you, and boom, she hung up the phone. So I'm like, what? so I call her back, and I go, well, you know what? She goes, you know, I told you. And I said, I know, I didn't believe you. Boom, she hung off the phone. I I called her back. She said, I hate it when people don't believe me. I'm like, all right, all right, I hear you. But, like, I I just got fired, right? So that's Venus-Pluto. It's triangles. It's drama. It's a little kind of, and we were hearing all sorts of Barbara Walters stories over the past couple days. And it also is a turning point. We also had the Pope die. Uh, Venus-Pluto, end of an era. And he was one of the unusual ones because he stepped down. And we're watching endings. We're seeing all these people, Judy Woodruff on PBS News, just leaving, um, you know, going off to do other things, stepping down. We had Nancy Pelosi and the leadership of the Congress step down as a team. I mean, they all stepped away and the new younger folk are taking over. So we see this end of era, end of era, an end of shift, shifting and changing. And we're not done yet because we have till Mercury goes direct and Mars goes direct to really get it figured out. And then Mars still has to go through all his retrograde journey through March, at which point Saturn and Pluto both change signs and we start a whole new generation, a whole new era, a whole new Concept. So watch for this. It's really important. And you're going to see the shift and change somewhere in your life with that Venus-Pluto conjunction. It's big. Then, uh, next up, we have the uh, Venus entering Aquarius. So after she says, hasta la vista to, um, to Pluto, she goes into Aquarius and she goes, okay, I'm ready to roll. And she is in a lovely sextile to Jupiter. Uh, It's a Virgo rising. She is, you know, still, there's a lot of planets in Earth. You can see that lovely grand trine in Earth. And shortly after she enters into Aquarius, the moon goes into Gemini, which forms a minor grand trine. So that's going to happen on Monday evening. And so there's kind of an aha moment on Monday evening in terms of direction. It is a Virgo rising chart for Washington, which makes Mercury important. And remember, he stopped. So he's not going to get to Pluto until later, once he goes direct and clears clears Capricorn 27. So their meeting isn't going to happen. The Sun will meet Pluto before then, and again, the Sun will say goodbye to Pluto. Um, so there's a lot of energy here around uh, transformation and change. But most importantly, Venus is saying goodbye to Pluto, and she's shifting focus in terms of what she's doing. So if you think, if I think back to 2008. Uh, you know, I was writing a weekly weather column and a lunation column, which, uh, you know, was got me clients. I, I, Stephanie didn't pay me, but I got referrals. And so with the Venus shifting into Capricorn, in my land, I'm uh, starting a school, which is on the list of things. You're, if you're on the newsletter list, you'll get an announcement later today. Uh, and we've been working on it oh, all my vacation, I've been working on this school. Because for me, Saturn went into Pisces and I found astrology. So now I'm turning into an elder. Somehow that happened. I'm not quite sure. As Saturn goes into uh, Pisces again, I'm going to be teaching. So that's in place. We're working on it and test driving and kicking the tires. So we watch this change. And of course, Pluto and Aquarius... Um, is when Mars was at zero Aquarius, that's when I found astrology. So now Pluto's coming to zero Aquarius 38 years later, or however many years it's been, 28 years later, and now I'm going to be going to the next level with the astrology, working on teaching it to folks. So it's, it's interesting to think about your own life and to really think back to December of 08, and what's been going on then, because that's when Pluto went into Capricorn, and now as Venus says goodbye to him, there is a shift, there's a change that happens. Next up, we have Venus sextiling Jupiter. Now, we just talked about that briefly, uh, but remember, Jupiter's in a new sign. He's starting a new 12 years. And as Venus comes to sextile him, she's in a closing sextile, so we're going to watch when she gets to the ascent to join him. But what she's doing is she's saying, hey, don't forget this. Hey, don't forget that. Hey, remember this. Because she's in this working aspect with him of reminding him of what he needs to bring forward for the next 12 years. So Jupiter is talking to, as as the Venus and Jupiter talk to each other, they're reminding each other, and then and you know we need that, and you know kind of like when you go shopping at Christmas and you make the list, and then you, then you call them. Hey, you know, I forgot to put on the list sour cream. Bring some sour cream. Because Venus and Jupiter are in a sextile. This is a nice flowing energy. So you're going to watch what kind of offers or opportunities you get on Wednesday with Venus sextiling Jupiter. And, of course, she does that once a year. But it is Jupiter now in a new sign for the first time in 12 years. So in the same way that she said goodbye to Pluto, who she'd been hanging out with since 2008 and talking to in Capricorn, Now, as Jupiter goes into Aries, she's talking to Jupiter in Aries and saying, hey, what are we doing for the next 12 years? And the two of them are coming up with a vision, a plan, and a purpose. And also, you know, pay attention. So in your case, pay attention who you meet on Wednesday. Uh, And, of course, that's when we're having the elections in Congress uh, for Speaker of the House. uh, And uh, the formal transition, even though the Democrats have already announced who is going to be in, the other guys get sworn in then as the new Congress takes effect. Next up, sun trine Uranus, that's on Thursday. Now we've been watching this little Uranus. Remember it was during the eclipses, it was right in there. Uranus is on a world point, always a big deal. Jupiter just got off a world point. Um, So we're really working with this energy of Uranus on the world point and the sun trining Uranus. Which is unusual changes, changes that are being made. We still have Mars stationing. Uh, he's going to he's slowing down to the degree of his station, and he goes direct on um, December, January twelfth. So he's poking along, uh, but the Uranus trying the Sun. This is a forward motion, but it's also old things new again with Mercury retrograde there's a degree of instability with this sun trine Uranus. And again, this is an annual aspect since Uranus entered into Taurus in, in 19. But Uranus is on a world point right now, which makes for pretty big news stories, pretty big understanding of things. And because Uranus is dancing with the nodes, it's unexpected changes. So we had this last year on the eclipses in uh, May of 2022. And then we had it very active on election day, uh, just January 7th, November 7th or 8th, November 8th, I guess it was. Uranus, it was a full moon eclipse, and you know, the Eclipen left, you know, the red tide didn't happen, uh, and there was a red puddle or trickle, but also we had all the students show up. A lot of the millennials registered to vote, so nobody was talking to them, like who you voting for. And they showed up, and that's this Sun-Uranus trine. So it doesn't give a lot of insurances to the stability of the structure of the leadership because that Sun-Uranus changes so quickly. But also we're going to wa- continue to watch because Uranus is still retrograde. He hasn't gone direct yet, and he doesn't go direct for a little bit more. And when he does go direct, uh, you know, we'll watch for things to change again because this is a retrograde trine, which means... That Uranus is uh, saying to the sun, well, yeah, we can do that for now (laughs) because all the planets are retrograde. Now, one of the things I have, and it's a theory. I don't have anything to back it up, but I've definitely watched it and I need to do like a research project on it when Mercury is retrograde and Mars is retrograde, right? The two of them are both retrograde. And I kind of think of them as being like a double negative, minus one times minus one, which is a positive, right? Remember math, that commutation, that weird rule, minus one times minus one is one. And I'm thinking of Mercury retrograde ruling Mars in Gemini retrograde. So I think the two of them are combining to do some really interesting things. So we want to watch... The communication is this, then there's this, and then it actually ends up being like this. It's very unstable. It is not a predictable beginning of the year other than we can expect change. And so your job is to stay flexible. Pretend you're playing tennis. Back when I played tennis, uh, the tennis pro that I hired to teach me would always go, now bend your knees, bend your knees. I'm like, why am I standing here with my knees bent? He goes, because then you're ready to go in either direction, depending on which way the ball comes, you know, like when you're doing a serve. I'm like, all right, bend my knees. And I will say that, you know, standing there with my little knees locked, which is normally what I do, uh, you know, I was much less off my legs into the direction the ball was coming than when I bent my knees. Same thing with skiing. You know, bend your knees, bend your knees. It helps you take the moguls, uh, which are those little bumps for those of you who don't ski. little hills to go over the mobile you bend your knees you go up and down kind of like a you know like the springs on a car (laughs) your knees are your springs so this is very much and mercury and uh, sun are in capricorn the sign of knees so this is very much bend your knees and then you know we'll see which way the ball goes is it going this way is it going that way is it going you know what's doing and which way do you need to go in terms of the ball so it's an interesting aspect because sun turns uranus he goes yeah don't plan on it being predictable. You know, it's just, I know what you want, but this is what's going to actually happen. And so if we know that, we're able to deal with the changes that come our way and the balls that could serve to us and the mobile fields that we're trying to maneuver and ski, depending on your sports analogy. Um, all right, the next, this is a big one, and it's a, a once-every-30-some-odd-year aspect, and it's Saturn semi uh, sextile Neptune, and of course Saturn's direct, Neptune's direct, you can see they're both 2257, so this is a closing sextile, semi-sextile, because Saturn's coming in for a landing with Neptune in about two and a half years, um, and actually they'll meet up at zero Aries, uh, in when Saturn has to go through all of Pisces, and then he meets up with Neptune, but we remember when these outer planets happen, These are the seeding of a longer story. So the Saturn-Neptune cycle that we're working with, and this is why the babies that had Saturn and Capricorn that were born in the 89 time frame had such a difficult Saturn return. And all of you people with Saturn-Neptune aspects... Uh, The the Saturn-Neptune conjunction in Libra, which was very prominent in the group a couple years ahead of me, the 52 and 53 babies. So the Saturn conjunct Neptune in Capricorn cycle started in March of 89. Think about what you were doing then. Yeah, I know it was a long time ago, right? Um, Think about March of 89. So in my case, that was when I started my computer business. Uh, March of 89, I was having a kick-ass Pluto transit, and I was in a power struggle with my boss. June 23rd, I got fired after I sold a $130,000 system, and I was on a performance plan to sell a $30,000 system. The asshole, I brought that contract in, $130,000, I'm like, here it is. Guy fired me the next day. I was like, ah-ha-ha, right? Uh, and And then in November of 89, I kept interviewing in a very paranoid way, uh, are you an asshole too? Am I, I going to miss that? this, you know, this, you, am I going to get another crazy boss? Saturn, Neptune, right? Saturn's the boss, Neptune's the crazy or the artist or the creative. But in this case, this guy was just nuts. So in November of 89, my boyfriend at the time said to me, you know, you keep getting job offers and turning them down and you just got a job offer from IBM, which is like one of the top computer companies at the time, and you're jerking around. Why don't you just say you wanna do your own business? Because between the 89 June and the November, I'd started doing computer consulting and I was making a living doing it. So I went, all right. So that for me, marks me giving myself permission to own my own business and do my own thing. And I notice in my case, it's right on my nodes of fate. Right, my nodes are 11 cap. So I didn't know astrology at the time. It was a big turning point. But take a look at these dates. If you're old enough, think about what was going on in 89 because that cycle's coming to an end. Uh, And this is the wrap-up, the emotional wrap-up of it. And having then started a business in computers when it was time to start a business in astrology, I was like, all right, I can do this. I did it once, I can do it again. Works for me. And so these are the dates. Then the sextile was in 95, 96. Right, and that was when I learned astrology, Saturn and Pisces, Sextiles, Neptune and Cap. Then in ninety eight was my last gasp in corporate. It was a square to Neptune. I went and did year two gay conversions for Pepsi. You know, I had my business and I kinda closed it down. I mean I kept some of the clients I liked, but I the distributorships I dropped. Uh oh one, oh two, that was me starting astrology. Um, you know, January uh, September eleventh of two thousand Uh, 2001 was me going, okay, I think I need to go do this, you know. And then 06, 07 uh, was a big bloom in in my work when when the opposition happened. And then uh, the trine 12 to 13, that was starting uh, the social media stuff, the podcasts and such. Uh, And then in 15, when there was square 15-16, was figuring out direction and how I was going to structure things and what I really wanted to do, which involved a bit more travel. Uh, And then um, 19 was the sextile, which of course was the one we just had. And so that had an energy of growing things. And then we're going to have the closing guy here in 06. So think back, if you're old enough, if if you're just one of the Saturn return babies, uh, the 89 models that are having their, had their really hard Saturn returns uh, because Saturn is the structure planet, and Neptune says, I'm going to dissolve the structures that you thought were so important. And so, there's a lot of that going on right now the structures that have been in place since 89, or even perhaps before that, but certainly any of these touchstones along there. As we see people saying, Okay, I'm dissolving that structure. Uh, I'm dissolving that structure. I'm dissolving that structure. What we're doing is letting go of those structures to have us go forward again. In We have that conjunction of Saturn and Aries joining Neptune on a world point. So we're seeing Jupiter and Venus talking, right, on that world point. And so they're saying, Venus is saying to Jupiter, well, get this, get this up and going before Saturn and, and Neptune meet up in in 26, because you got like four years uh, five years to get, it, four years to, to get it up and going, right? So kind of watch for this, the, and go back and look at your own life cycle because there's a little reminiscence uh, that you're going to be working with. And of course, it, it applies to politics. It applies to the world cycles. Uh, it's the Saturn, Neptune, and Pisces energy. Um, and of course, that was when the Berlin Wall came down in '89, right? Uh, and Gorbachev died this year, and we have. Um, the Soviet Union doing this, Russia, Putin's war, doing this weird thing to kind of join us back together again, not necessarily successfully, but when we, we're in this closing sextile, semi-sextile like this, not successful, not a lot of energy. The energy is just waning. It's pulling away and shifting into looking at the earlier phases in the cycle. If you have any kind of Saturn-Neptune aspect in your chart, it's a big. this is a big week for you. Uh, Mercury combusts the sun, takes place on January 7th. And of course, that's our monthly, uh, Mercury's gonna hit the sun three times. um, And this is the one where he's hitting him retrograde. But combust is a really good idea, really good brilliance. So kind of watch what the brilliance energy is next Saturday. When Mercury and the sun meet up, Venus is into Aquarius. We still have uh, Uranus on a world point. So there's a, a fair amount of energy there. And we have the moon on a world point. So that combust energy is very much about the idea. A lot of brilliant things come out of combust because it's the heart of the fire, the heart of the flame. And when Mercury is so close, right in there, mwah, kazini to the sun, just kissing the sun, there's a deep energy of expansion. And new ideas. We also have Mercury trine Uranus part two. Remember, Mercury's already trined him once, and he's going to trine him again. And so there's this energy of forward motion, full steam ahead. You know, what am I doing? Because Mercury's retrograde for a while. And that trine to Uranus has an exciting component to it, and that's going to be next Sunday, uh, and, and kind of an aha moment in terms of direction and where we're going. And what it is and of course when we are on part two of three we know that mercury reveals things says here's the story and uranus goes yeah because ha, ha. <laughs> uranus is the trickster and when he hangs out with mercury the two of them just get into such fun so the energy is very strong with that trickster energy towards the end of the week with the mercury uranus trying all right uh setting your intentions available for 35 dollars on my website now we'll go back and we'll do The weak weak energy flow. A little cup of coffee. Yeah, a little cold, but still good. All right, so the sun this week runs from 10 cap to 18 cap. Uh, And we talked about the big aspects, but it also has an aspect with the nodes of fate tomorrow, so pay attention to who you meet. The sun is also parallel Pluto. Uh, which is very much a commitment energy. The two of them are both in Capricorn, but they're not joined by zodiacal degree, but they're joined by intention. So watch for that emotional intention. Uh, And then the Sun has a biquintile to Mars. That happens on the 4th, which is kind of a back-to-work, back-to-energy, and it wants to work in partnership. Again, Mars is still retrograde, so the partnerships can be temporary. doesn't mean you don't do them. just means you do it with the idea it's going to shift. And then the sun is, of course, trying to Uranus, which we talked about. And then Mercury and the sun, Cusini. Um And mwah, they kiss up on the 7th. And then on the 8th, uh, the sun is opposite Athena, uh, which is a lot about strategic approach. So the sun goes this week from 10 cap to 18 cap. Um, Mercury goes. Mercury's going retrograde, moving slowly. So he's only going from 22 for Capricorn to 15 Capricorn. But at 22, he's in a sextile to the Neptune at the beginning of the week. He is also in an opposition to uh, Pallas Athena here. That's going to take place on the 5th, so it's a revision of strategies. And then he's in a trine to Uranus at the end of the week. Um, and again, Earth energy manifests, it wants to create and form. Next up, Venus is running from 27 cap to 4, almost 5 Aquarius. She shifts into Aquarius on January 16th. Now when Venus gets out of Capricorn, Capricorn, she's really grounded in reality. She's like, this is what I want. When she gets into Aquarius, she gets a little detached. She's ready to go, no, not that, no, not that, no, not that, and she's interested in good ideas. She wants to have that conversation, which I think is why that um, that poem at the beginning spoke to me. I want to have the fire and passion of new ideas and new conversations. So we're gonna watch that happen as Venus has her trine, enters into Aquarius and her sextile to Jupiter and her trine to Ceres. She's gonna say, we're gonna do it differently now. It's a change, we're ready for that change. Mars this week, very slow, does have a little bit of a contentious energy. Yesterday on January 1st with Eris and we had that machete guy in um, Times Square and we also had the arrest of the guy who murdered the uh, four students out in Idaho and allegedly murdered. And, of course, when you look at his chart, it was a Venus-Pluto aspect. You look at his progressions, I'm going to guess, when we get the motive, one of those girls, women that were killed, um, you know, he did not have a great reputation. He actually got asked to leave a bar because he was making inappropriate uh, comments to the waiters, the waitresses. I mean, they're waiters now, but the the female waiters. And the female bartenders. And uh, the owner of the bar said, you know, you got to kind of cool it with those comments. And so I'm, I'm guessing that when we get into the story, when we look at the actual day of the murder, when he did it, his birthday is available on the Internet. You see this Venus-Pluto lineup in Scorpio. So, And of course, he got caught on the Venus-Pluto conjunction. Again, the aspects you know, signifying the life and and the moment of the life and the the turning points. So um, again, uh, empathy and sympathy for the women and the young man who lost young women, three young women and the young man who lost their lives. Um, But it was a Venus-Pluto, a Venus-Pluto story. And so with that Mars semi-square Pluto, um, you know, we'll find out more obviously after he's extradited. from Pennsylvania. Uh, January 6th. We also have the Saturn-Neptune aspect that we went through. Think back to think back in your life, those dates, a good little reminiscent opportunity for you here. And then uh, we have Uranus sextiling Vesta, wanting to change your home and adjust things. It's January 3rd. That's taking down those Christmas ornaments. Now, in my land, we always waited until little Christmas, till January 6th. Because the Ellingtons had a tree-burning party in their backyard. Of course, this is in the 60s when you could do that stuff. And everybody on the block would bring their trees and throw them in the backyard. Ellingtons had this pool in the back and then this land that they bought behind their house. And we would burn the trees there. And uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law this this Christmas. My sister and her husband were visiting. And uh, I remembered it was when the Wizard of Oz came on. And he he grew up in Missouri and they didn't have ABC in Missouri where he grew up. So he never saw the Wizard of Oz until he was in his 20s. And I'm like, I remember, that was when the Wizard of Oz happened. We would always sit and watch the Wizard of Oz. And when it turned from black and white to color, it was a big thing. And we would all, there would be like 20 or 30 kids running in and out of the basement. You know, it wasn't like we were all sitting quietly. But the Ellingtons made these Triscuits with peanut butter on them with bacon on them. And so, so Bruce was like, "That sounds really interesting." So one of the appetizers we had Christmas Day was peanut butter triscuits with bacon on them. So if you've never had it, I, I you know, I, I had this memory flash of it when we were talking about Christmas's past. And um, so I'm not taking my tree down on the third, but. You might, but try those bacon-wrapped bacon, bacon wrapped triscuits in the Ellington's case. Bruce tried a few models where he wrapped the bacon around the triscuit, or we just did a little piece on the top, or when he cooked it and warmed the bacon up and put the piece. And, uh, but it's really good. So um, I remember the, the model that the Ellington's served was the warm triscuits with the bacon, and so they were warm and crunchy and peanut butter and bacon, and, you know, everything's better with bacon. Um, January 8th, Pluto's in a sextile to Juno. Commitments, partnerships, relationships. Very big relationship aspect, which I didn't include just because there's a lot. And that is the list of aspects. In terms of our moons, ah, the new calendar, the 2023. I have spent the last couple of days updating my website, updating the calendar, the whole nine yards. And I actually wrote stuff in it. So I remember, including new moon webinar before the new moon, right? All right. So today uh, it's Taurus moon and the moon goes uh, void at 516 tonight. Uh, Venus goes into Aquarius and it goes into, moon goes into Gemini 944. So the moon goes void with a lovely, lovely little trine to Pluto and then a trine to Venus. So she's actually moon trine. Venus is the last aspect, which is delicious. So Monday and Sunday and Monday were moon and Taurus. And then Gemini is Tuesday. It's Monday night, 9.44 p.m. East Coast time. Tuesday, Wednesday goes void at 7.08 p.m. Wednesday night with a square to Neptune. That's a little sad. In my case, that's the end of my vacation. Uh, And then I go back to work on Thursday the 5th. Um, But for all of us, that moon Neptune is dreaming, right? So really take time, the beginning of this week, to dream your year. Come up with your vision of it. Uh, Thursday morning, bright and early, uh, 9.15 a.m., moon goes into Cancer. There is a full moon on Friday at 16 Cancer. So it goes back to the new moon in Cancer in 2021 when the new moon happened, and then the opening square, which was um, last April, would have been April 6th of 2022, and now we're at the full moon phase. And then the closing square will be uh, when we get to Libra in... Um, October of this year. That's the bigger cycle, um, and so the full moon is on Friday, and the moon goes void on sun, Saturday at 5:23 with an opposition to Pluto. So that moon on Thursday, Friday is a lot of endings, and a lot of times this first week of the year, it, you know, because we've gotten through the holiday season and we take down our tree and we do. All, there's this ending and separating energy. Uh, and then on uh, Saturday at 9.40 p.m., it goes void at 5.23, 9.40 p.m., moon goes into Leo, which is very fun and playful and frisky, and it's in Leo Saturday night, all day Sunday the 8th, and it goes void on the 9th with an opposition to Saturn at 8.52 p.m. So the creative moons are today, and uh, the rest of the week is kind of Dreamy, Drifty, you know, kind of forward. You know, they're not bad closing aspects. Uh, Somebody wrote, I'm not saying the good and bad days anymore. The yes and the no days. So these are, when I say it's a bad aspect closing, what it means is there's there's an energy of things begun on that day can have a little bit of a problem when they end. But it doesn't mean it's bad, bad. It just means intense. The intense days this week are uh, probably the fifth. Um, which is big, and then that's probably the most intense day. And then when we get to the end of the week to Sunday, um, Sunday's got some stressful aspects. But for the most part, this week is kind of flowy, not a lot going on. And so that's helpful. Today is a pretty passionate day, Monday the 2nd, because there's all these tryings and stuff. So we'll see what happens. It's not, you know, by and large, the emotional nature, the emotional component of the week is pretty cool and not um not overly intense uh in terms of stuff but today a lot of good opportunity to launch stuff today the second of january and then um the end of the week is gemini neptune the dream but unformed maybe this maybe that and then we get into cancer which is all these power negotiations and then we get into leo and we go all right let's go create. But of course the moon in Leo ends opposite Saturn, so let's go create until we're told no. So it's an interesting week of emotional limitations. All right, setting your intentions for 2023, a popular year ahead webinar. It's back. Go out and order it. It's on my website, $35. And make sure to check your spam file. I had a woman named Elaine who ordered it, and it went, I guess, to her spam file because she downloaded it and didn't get it. So check your spam, check your junk. That part I'm not in charge of uh, when it comes forward to you. All right, so what you get in that is two hours and 121 slides, overview of the year ahead, Uh, changes of Jupiter into Taurus, Saturn into Pisces, Pluto into Aquarius. We talk about all of that in brief. There'll be full options later in the year, and the nodes of fate shifting from Taurus Scorpio into Aries Libra. Remember the nodes go backwards. Uh, All the planet ingresses, all the stations and retrogrades, you can mark your calendar ahead of time, know when the hot days are uh, in the year, and uh, Venus star point in Leo, charts of all the new and full moons, you can look at them and see if they land in your chart and what they activate, and then month by month analysis and pages of important dates. Plus, house location information. All available with a PDF. You can download, print, and then uh, two hours of information. Uh, we're doing the cruise this next couple weeks. It's coming up. Um, there are, I think, b- about 50 people registered. If you're registered in my group and you didn't, you're supposed to do two parts, which is a little unclear from this slide. You're supposed to book the cruise, and that you do with Hildy. And then you're supposed to sign up for the workshop, which is $200. And that's on my website. And I know initially the link wasn't working. It's fixed now. Um, so if you didn't sign up, that is necessary to get into the workshop. And there's a whole schedule of stuff going on. And you can sign up for the app from Royal Caribbean. And they give you all the um, excursions. We're not teaching when the inscur- excursions happen. We're excursioning. <laughs> But um, we'll eat together, we'll sing together, we'll dance together, all that kind of fun stuff. And we'll have the workshops. Uh, So there's a schedule of those. And it's available on Patricia Bell's site. I'll be putting it up online, too. Next up, uh, I updated my website this weekend. And I am putting in the stuff I'm doing that's available for public attendance. Um, I am going to be uh, working with the New York New, NCGR Florida Atlantic chapter over on the Nova school on Davy Florida I will be talking about Saturn Pisces and Pluto into Aquarius and that workshop is a hybrid so you can come in person we go out for uh, for really good food afterwards and you can also come in online next up uh, Opa' is offering a conference time for technique and, and that uh, the Saturn The NCGR aspect is March 11th. It's available on their website to buy. Um, Time for technique. This is an OPA virtual conference. I'm going to be talking here. And all of these astrologers, of which there are pretty good ones, are going to be giving you techniques to improve your astrology practice. So sign up. If you're a member, it's $45. If you're a non-member, it's $195. It's a three-day conference. It's got really juicy stuff. Next, I'm going to be out in Seattle at NORWAC, the wonderful NORWAC run by Laura Nelbandian. Uh, and it is also an in-person and a hybrid event. Um, and it's the 39th annual conference. So Laura's mom was an astrologer, uh, and the, she started this conference, and Laura has continued it. Um, so the in-person space is limited, but the online is available. You can attend virtually from your couch, or you can come in person to Seattle, which is one of my favorite cities. So that's that weekend of Memorial Day. And then last but not least, uh, I'm going to be teaching at Omega again this year. And that's 4th of July weekend, but it's just through Sunday. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, June 30th through July 2nd. You can register for that on eomega.org. I do not believe the registration's up yet, but if you want to come, mark your calendar, save it. And Rhinebeck is absolutely beautiful in the summer. There's boating, there's uh, good food, there's this lake, there's a Ram Dass Library that you go in and you're just sitting in the library, you feel like your brain is expanded. So we're gonna be speaking there again. we normally do it in the fall, but uh, Maurice moved it to the summer and the speakers there are gonna be Rick Levine, Lynn Bell, me, Maurice, Fernandez, and Rachel Way. So those are the opportunities to attend uh, conferences that I'm going to be speaking at in the year ahead. Uh, I also offer this astrology service, uh, my um, cup full of stars, where I record a daily six to ten minute audio. And I'm, lately I've been giving you a song with it too, um, and signing up at, at Patreon for $17 a month. Um, and that is it. And so I wish you a very merry, um, a very, very merry new year. Happy New Year. And off we go into the future. Also, for my podcast listeners, I think I figured out what to do about the fan. I bought a new recorder, which has this high ambient pickup. I guess it's good for recording people at the tables next door. But it's picking up the fan, which I couldn't figure out what the issue was. So I have ordered a microphone for it, which didn't arrive yet. But hopefully it'll be here for the next podcast. So for those of you who are listeners on the podcast instead of the online YouTube... Your audio should be improving. Mercury retrograde. I think we solved the problem. Because I couldn't figure out what it was hearing. Um, And people were like, it's like a fan. And I'm like, I don't hear a fan. But when I was looking at the description of the noises, um, I was like, oh, they're picking up that fan, which is the one in my neck, which is really a very sensitive microphone, I guess. But... We're going to try and tame it down. It'll be wearing a little clip going forward. So thank you for your patience. I know you've been writing. I'm like, I don't know what the sound problem is. I think I figured it out. And hopefully you'll all write and go, you did, you did, you figured it out. But it's not this week. It'll be next week because the thing didn't arrive in the mail. At any rate, have a great, great week. Welcome to 2023. It's forward. It's motion. It's full steam ahead. It's going to be good. We're going to have a really good time and a lot of changes with all these shifts in the heavens into new signs. But not till spring. Between now and spring, you're cleaning up old crap. And then in the spring, off we go. Saturn into Pisces, uh, Pluto into Aquarius, and the nodes of fate change It's going to be a wild ride, and I look forward to doing it with you over the next year. Have a great time. Bye.